Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. Berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite. With just two capsules a day, Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat, and support your weight management journey. And right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com. The lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Welcome to Fitness Disrupted, a production of iHeartRadio. I am Tom Holland, and this is Fitness Disrupted. Calf injuries, that is the topic of today's show. As I have talked about so many times previously, I spent many years training clients of all ages, of all athletic abilities, CEOs, celebrities, and a heck of a lot of real people. And many of them, just because of the way personal training is, many of them were older, right? Because when you're in your 20s and your 30s, sure, there's some people that go to personal trainers, but most don't. You don't have to. The body is much more forgiving and you're busy doing other things. So I would argue, obviously, you can specialize in the personal training world, but it's expensive for many people, depending on the trainer, obviously. So it favors those that are in their 50s, 60s and beyond. So I have a lot of experience with that age group specifically. And what I saw over the years was certain things repeating themselves, certain things coming up over and over again. And yes, one of those things were 
and are calf injuries. An enormous number of calf injuries. And I'm sure many of you listening to the show, especially if you are 50s, 60s, even 40s, actually starts pretty much in the 40s in my experience. And again, it's not limited to that. I'm just saying that I saw more of a frequency and greater occurrence in that age group. Uh, You probably have some experience with this, with a calf injury. So that's what today's show is about, because I not only have a lot of experience dealing with it, but I have a lot of experience helping fix it. And like so many other topics on Fitness Disrupted, it's going to be a relatively simple fix. Now, this is not the be-all, end-all, by the way. This is not going to prevent all calf injuries. And as I say so frequently on the show, if anyone ever tells you, oh, sure, I have the exact fix for your plantar fasciitis, for your ITB syndrome. I know the exact shoes you should wear when you run. Oh, yes, you have to put an insert into your shoes. That is absolutely going to fix your knee pain. No. But what I can say with extreme confidence is I have used these techniques, exercises, mostly prehab along with a warm-up that ridiculously decreased the frequency of calf injuries in my clients. And the first chapter of my new book, if I may pitch it right now because it totally applies, is a former client who in his 60s, right now, I started with him when he was in his 50s, I think he may have just been 50, he was constantly pulling calves along with a a host of other things. And that's why he was and is the starting chapter to my book for many reasons, but he fixed so many issues. So, so many issues that people think prevent them from doing the things they love. And for him, it's racket sports. And that's going to come up over and over during today's show because really common calf injuries, really common during racket sports, tennis, paddle tennis, common. And I'm going to tell you why. All right. I love this topic, and any of you who have experienced it before and don't want to experience it again, and especially those of you who maybe haven't had that issue yet, but you are super active, especially 40s, 50s, 60s, and beyond, this can really help because I say very frequently, I am most proud of the fact that I am injury-free. doesn't mean I don't present with pain and issues and, and discomfort, but I deal with it right away based on the science. We'll talk about a few studies, a lot of anecdotal, a lot of clients, my own experiments over time, and then pure and simple common sense. All right, we're talking calf injuries. We'll be right back. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. Berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite, with just two capsules a day smart metabolic burn by brain md can kickstart your metabolism fight stubborn body fat especially that pesky abdominal fat and support your weight management journey right now save over 30 percent on smart metabolic burn at getsmartburn.com the lowest price anywhere that's getsmartburn.com don't delay transform your life with smart metabolic burn from brain md these statements have not been evaluated by the food and drug administration our products are not intended to diagnose treat cure or prevent any disease right here right now find your beautiful new floor at right rug flooring choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee visit rightrug.com that's r-i-t-e-r-u-g.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you 24-month financing is available with approved credit for 90 years we've been right here right now Right Rug Flooring. All right, so let's just start with a quick Anatomy 101. We can't talk about calf injuries without quickly breaking down the calf muscle. And again, I'm not here to impress you with this deep dive into the anatomy and physiology as some others do. I don't want to waste your time, but we have to do it just enough so we know what we're talking about. And actually, when you look at the structure and function of certain muscles, when you're describing and talking about certain concepts, they all tie together. And that's where the common sense starts to come in. All right. So the tricep suri, that is another name, tricep suri for the calf muscle. All right. Here's what's interesting. There's conflicting definitions and descriptions of the calf muscle. All right. So I count it as three separate muscles, but for most discussion purposes, we only talk about two. And there's a reason for that. So the three muscles that make up the calf muscle are the gastronemius, the soleus, and the lesser talked about plantaris. And one of the reasons the plantaris is not talked about frequently is it's not in everybody. You may not have it. And studies show that it's absent. It's not found in anywhere from 7 to 20% of people's lower leg, all right? So they have often thought of the plantaris muscle as a vestigial or accessory muscle. So in the discussion, it's often left out. And I and we understand why. <laughs> it's not important, and some people don't even have it. I, I shouldn't say it's not important. Some people don't have it, and it's not as involved in movement as the other two muscles we are going to talk about. Then we talk about the gastronemius, right? That's the larger calf muscle as far as what you can see, but it's often described as the larger of the two muscles between the gastronemius and the soleus. Not true. Soleus is actually bigger. It's just underneath the gastronemius, right? So the gastroc, we can call it that as well. That's what you see. 
It's the bulge underneath your skin at the top of your lower leg, the back part of your lower leg. It has two parts or heads and has that diamond shape. Now, here's an interesting thing just to get the conversation started. So many guys want (laughs) to uh, hypertrophy to make their calves bigger. Super difficult to do so. Now, that's not what this show's about. We're not talking about getting your calves bigger, another topic for another day, but it also ties in to the characteristics of the muscle. We're going to talk about, really quickly, type 1 and type 2 muscle fibers, right? Fast twitch versus slow twitch, because that goes into the potential injury. And so, yes, there's even the rumor back when I was in my natural bodybuilding days many years ago, they used to talk about Arnold Schwarzenegger. The rumor was that, you know, he was photographed standing in water or things like that to cover his small calf muscles. And then there's always the discussion about implants and things like that. So we just can't talk about calves without talking about how many guys want to make them bigger and women as well. And they're hard to make bigger. They are just a muscle that genetically speaking, you know, unless you are taking things that are maybe not legal, uh, they're hard to make bigger. So just have to throw that out there. All right. So again, real quickly, anatomy 101 for the gastronemius and the soleus. Those are the two muscles we're going to talk about. So the gastronemius, this is interesting. It originates on your femur and goes all the way down to your Achilles tendon. So it actually crosses your knee joint. That's important. All right. Both the knee and the ankle joints. The soleus, no, it just attaches on the back of the tibia and fibula and it inserts into that Achilles as well. So the soleus muscle underneath your bigger, at least visually, gastronemius muscle, that is just on your lower leg. The gastronemius crosses your knee. You say, I don't care, Tom, why are you bringing that up? It will come back, all right, when we're talking about injuries and also how you exercise it, okay? Back to the gastronemius. It has more type 2 muscle fibers, all right? And its primary movements are ankle flexion during running and walking, all right? Running, jumping, walking, things like that, all right? The soleus, it's more slow twitch muscle fibers, all right? And this is interesting, too. There's a percentage range, so it's not exactly the same in all people, which is why some people are endurance runners amongst many other genetic predispositions, but this is one of them, all right? So current estimates, you look at studies, 70 to 96% of the muscle fibers in the soleus, type 1. So more type 1 muscle fibers, slow twitch, right? Endurance muscles, that's what you have to think about. Fatigue less frequently, don't contract fast. The gastrocnemius, on the other hand, a little bit more of the type 2 fibers, all right? And anywhere from 50% to 70% of type 1. So there's, there are more type 2 fast-twitch muscle fibers in that gastrocnemius, all right? So those are two important factors when we're talking about injuries and what those muscles are doing. So the gastrocnemius, it crosses the rear of the knee, knee joint and the ankle joint. Soleus doesn't do that, just the ankle joint, okay? So the gastrocnemius, what they talk about is it can flex the knee as well. So it is acting in concert with, as a synergist to your hamstrings. Okay, you're going, you're, you're Tom, too much. <laughs> it will all make sense. It's about as deep as I'm going to go. All right, they're different is the major takeaway. They do different things. Our bodies, when we do our sports and our movements, we are asking those two muscles to, you know, react. And because of their characteristics, 
they react differently and they do different things for us. Um, this will all come back and make sense. All right. So again, all of these muscles insert into your Achilles tendon. And during walking, running, or jumping, as I said, the calf muscle pulls up on the heel to allow us to move forward. All right. And we're talking about movements of the leg and, you know, jumping and running as walking, as you said. So those sports are really important and our activities of daily living as well. So let's right, get right into the injury part, right? So we call them pulled muscles, muscle strains. So we're essentially talking about pulling your calf muscle, right? And again, that is also referred to as a strain. And that is commonly known as being stretching the calf muscle beyond its limit, okay? Stretching it beyond its limit. Now it starts to make sense. Those fast sports, right? The tennis, the basketball, right? So often I'll see a friend who's on crutches at my age, you know, past 50, and I'll say, you know, was it basketball? Was it tennis? And so often that is the case. And we're going to slowly figure out why. And when one of these strains or pulls occurs, you're tearing muscle fibers to some degree, right? There's trauma to the area. Back to my experience with this. You know, the last probably five, even 10 years that I spent as a personal trainer, especially one-on-one -on -one with some, some really active, high-level clients, it was the older men, by and large, who were pulling the calf muscles so frequently. Uh, and again, it was the racket sports, not only, but the tennis, the paddle tennis, the basketball, and the fast sprint movements. So when we ask our bodies or when they, the client, ask their body to move fast, to maybe be plyometric and jump and move in many directions quickly, right? And it's going to start to make sense. So that's what I saw, you know, and we're going to look at a few studies and it's all going to get connected. But when you look at the way the muscles work and the characteristics of the muscles, again, we can start to figure out maybe what we need to do to make those fixes. All right. I have to say this as well. I've had a couple people in my life who said, you know, they were one said, oh, I was running a marathon and I tore my calf muscle, tore it right off. And, you know, I finished the race, but I tore, completely tore my calf muscle. No. If you completely tear your calf muscle, a complete muscle rupture of your calf, that pain, I haven't had it, but it's going to be really severe. Okay. And you're going to have an inability to walk, much less run. And you may even see a lump or a ball. It's going to roll up. It's going to roll up in the back of your leg. You're going to see it and you're going to feel it. And it brings up a quick kind of disturbing, but, you know, quick story that relates. I once watched a guy, huge bodybuilder, definite steroids, doing squats way too heavy in the gym. And he tore his quadricep and you saw it. You saw it roll up. And suffice it to say, he wasn't uh, walking out under his own accord. All right. So you're most often, if you're walking around and you have pain, you did not tear completely through your calf muscle. Just an interesting little side note. All right. So it's a strain. You pulled, again, is the term so many people will throw out there. Now, I looked at some of the different hospitals and guidelines that, you know, certain universities and, and university hospitals put out for the treatment of calf strains and counterintuitive to so many of the shows we've done. So one in particular, they 
gave the acronym or give the acronym RIPE. Now, we've heard of RICE, Rest, Ice, Compression, Elevation. We did the show. I did the show. Awesome show, by the way, with Yogi Berra's granddaughter, Lindsay Berra, on the ice and how that can help impede uh, recovery and impede your gains from your workout and how the doctor who actually came up with rice said I was kind of wrong. You don't want to rest it. You want movement. You don't want to ice it. You're probably delaying and the inflammation's a good part. Even compression they're getting rid of. Elevation, they, they kind of leave in there. So ripe is now painkillers. And so similar to icing something down, yes, it feels good short term. And yes, so many athletes do it because it's going to get them back on the field, by the way, many of them. But inflammation is a good thing for our bodies, by and large. It doesn't feel great at the time, okay? But artificially suppressing that inflammation process, it could prevent the healing, and it could prevent some of the benefits of exercise. That's what the studies show. So quite often, we're getting not only bad advice, relative to the current science at least, and so much mixed advice. And the same university not only put out the RIPE acronym, and listen, it's super common, you know, uh, you know, why does your football coach do uh, the warm-ups the way they do it? Because his coach did it and his coach before him did it. It's really tough to change. But they also put out their exercises. And now, yes, I'm splitting hairs here, but I find it important. So the exercises that this same university put out for calf strains, they were stretches. There's a difference. There's a difference between exercises and stretches. Now, I feel that maybe the older generation, even older than I at 51, still call stretches exercises. But I feel we kind of need to make that uh, differentiation. You stretch a muscle or you strengthen a muscle. And you really need to know when you're doing one or the other. So, yeah, there four exercises were stretches. Important, but... You know, again, topic for another day. I'm not going to talk about stretching that much. The science shows the, the stretching before, not as important, right? The dynamic warm-up matters much more. All right? So there's so much contradictory information, and that's one reason people keep getting hurt, I would argue. Okay? Separate recommendation from a different reputable, you know, organization. I'll leave it at that. They go, well, yes, they're saying you should use ice or cold compresses. But then they also say, the next thing is they say heat pads. So which is it? Are you icing? Are you heating? Are you doing contrast therapy, which is uh, alternating both? And then they go into the NSAIDs, the non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs. Now, again, we're going to inflammation. Similar contradictory outcome, supposedly, you know, it's very similar to the icing. Yes, inflammation is painful, but our bodies are really smart machines. And I know this might sound crazy to some people that you're like, oh, just suffer through it. Well, of course, you want to lessen the pain if it's super, you know, if it's not tolerable. But just know that the science is showing that the body is repairing itself on its own. And when you ice it, when you take certain drugs, it slows that inflammation down, potentially slowing down the healing and slowing down the benefits of exercise as well. So that's really interesting. All right. You know what? Let's take our final break. I'm getting revved up and good. We got the great couple uh, studies to talk about. And then I'm going to give you a couple exercises that have worked 
wonders for that client I spoke about at the beginning and so many others. Actually, one of the clients at the end of the book and so many others over the years. All right, final break. We'll be right back. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from Brain MD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. Berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite. With just two capsules a day, Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat, and support your weight management journey. And right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com. The lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. All right. I just got two great studies that I pulled in, and one is more recommendations for injuries, but they're both great. And I'm actually going to switch the order because I think it works better. So the first one I'm going to give you was in Current Reviews in Musculoskeletal Medicine. This was June 2009, titled Gastronemius versus Soleus Strain, How to Differentiate and Deal with Calf Muscle Injuries. Now, there's not a a heck of a lot of crazy uh, deep research into calf issues. There's some, uh, you know, animal stuff as always, but there's not a lot of sports specific and, and it's not surprising. It pretty much goes for a lot of, uh, you know, research into strength training and everything. You know, the money behind it. And yeah, so this is another area that needs a lot more research. But this was great. So this was, again, looking at the gastronemius versus the soleus injuries, how to differentiate, you know, look at the differences and then deal with them. All right, this is really interesting. So I was saying how that first chapter in my book, 
the client who at 62 is beating, he just won again. I spoke with him. I'm not working with him anymore. He's still doing the same workouts, modifies it accordingly. But at 63, I think he is now. He just won the, the his um, country club championships yet again. And the two guys in the final draw were 43 and 23. Division one tennis player. So he's killing it. He's doing all the little things that I talk about on Fitness Disrupted. But this is really interesting. So in this review, they say calf strains are most commonly found in the medial head of the gastrocnemius. Okay, the gastrocnemius. That's what we talked about as crossing the knee as well as the ankle joint. And it's the faster twitch muscle fibers uh, by and large. All right. Here's what's interesting. The injury was first described in 1883 in association with tennis and is commonly called tennis leg. There you go. I hadn't heard the tennis leg thing till recently, but I saw it over and over, right? This is why you ideally want the research with the studies in the field and the experience working with clients and then the common sense and taking it all together. This makes complete sense, right? Okay, this review goes on. The gastrocnemius is considered at high risk for strains. Here we go, because it crosses two joints the knee and the ankle, and has a high density of type 2 fast-twitch muscle fibers. So why does it make a difference? Crosses two joints. Well, back when it said it's a synergist for the hamstrings. My personal belief on this, again, not a lot of studies into this, and I like taking all that I've learned and extrapolating out, and maybe someday I'll do some studies on this. Would love to go back for a PhD some point soon. But I think it's the weak link syndrome too because I will do a show on hamstring injuries. That's top three. I have to start with calf and then hamstrings up there. So I believe personally that because so few people do the strength training necessary and it's basic stuff, it's not a lot, five, 10 minutes consistently, don't have to go super heavy, fixing those weaknesses, fixing those imbalances. So hamstrings might be weak, other muscles of the lower leg, the gastrocnemius is working uh, synergistically with other muscles, the hamstring, right? So there's weaknesses, there's imbalances, muscles don't fire correctly. And the weak links don't do the work, right? Hamstrings not doing the work maybe, and maybe the gastrocnemius takes over too much. Just a thought, just an idea amongst others, all right? as well as the gastrocnemius being weak itself. And we're going to talk about that at the very end when I give you the exercises specifically for the calves. But so interesting, right? So the gastrocnemius doesn't get injured as much as the soleus. Not even close in the research and the experience. And that makes sense. Crosses two joints, fast twitch, contracts faster, does more. Hamstrings are involved. Starting to make sense to me at least. All right? And then finally, in this review, they say, unlike the gastrocnemius, the soleus is considered low risk for injury. It's what I just said, right? And again, they go on to just confirm it. It crosses only the ankle and is largely comprised of type 1 slow twitch muscle fibers. So there you have it. Started with that whole quick anatomy 101. And now this review comes back and says exactly what, if you study this stuff, makes sense. That makes sense. All right, and now just this other awesome, again, there aren't many, uh, study. And this was recent. I love this. This was in the British Journal of Sports Medicine, August 2017. Calf muscle strain injuries in sport. 
a systematic review of risk factors for injury. All right. Now, the review they did, a lot of it was just on muscles in general, not the calf muscles specifically. So they extrapolate out. But this was the best of the best for this discussion that I found, keeping it under like five hours. We're not doing a Joe Rogan length podcast here. Forget it. <laughs> Unless we get really good people at some point where I, you know, if I bring two people together the way he does, I'm not quite sure I like that format, you know, for myself, but I, I'm who knows? I'm open. All right. So again, calf muscle strain injuries in sport, a systematic review of risk factors for injury. So the objective of this was to systematically review the literature to identify risk factors for calf strain injury. And then they're going to try to direct future research into calf muscle injuries. They looked at 10 studies, okay? And the subjects in these studies, football players, Australian football as well, rugby, basketball, triathletes. There was about 5,400 athletes. And of those, uh, 518 calf and lower leg muscle injuries. Here's what's really interesting. And again, goes to my personal experience. Best evidence synthesis highlights two things. Chronological age and previous history of calf strain are the strongest risk factors for future calf muscle injuries. So age and then previous history. Previous history, you go, okay, that makes complete sense. You heard it before. Maybe you're more likely to do it again because of maybe weaknesses, imbalances, things like that, bad warm-up. And then they finish up by saying, Previous lower limb injuries, hamstring, quadriceps, adductor, knee, show some limited evidence for an association. I had thought of that, obviously, before, and now it's confirmed with them. Same type of thing. They're saying weak links. You got issues going on with your lower body. Our muscles need to be in balance. They need to fire in a certain sequence. And when it doesn't happen right, when you, you know, when your core is really weak and you ask your body to do a movement and your core can't do what it needs to do to have your whole body move the way it should naturally, things happen, right? And that's what this is saying. And they finish up by saying numerous factors lack evidence of an association, and they talk about height, weight, gender, and side dominance, all right? And they conclude by saying it one more time. Increasing age, previous calf strain injury, most predictive of future calf injury. The overall paucity of evidence and the trend for studies of a high risk of bias show that further research needs to be undertaken. So I love this because I get to extrapolate a little more than normal. All right. My experience. And I, I, I'm constantly saying it's my experience. So I'm taking the research, not a lot, taking the anatomy and physiology side of it, right? Structure and function of the body. And then let's use our common sense. All right. Kind of fun. So not a lot of research, but let me finish up the little part here. They go on to say in this, how to deal with the injuries. So back to the, the first study slash review I was talking about. They say over the first three to five days, limit the use of your muscle. That makes sense. They do say do cryotherapy. They say do compressive wrap. Maybe, maybe not. I'm not going to do it personally. That's my... uh that's my personal opinion based on the most recent research, okay? They go on to say use of NSAIDs should be restricted. So we like that for the first 24 to 72 hours due to increased bleeding, okay, from antiplatelet effect. So another issue, the inflammation, the bleeding, don't want that necessarily, right? And they support that even more by saying moist heat and massage early in the healing process are thought to increase the chance 
of the bleeding and are generally contraindicated, right? Don't want to do that. And makes sense. They say premature return may result in prolonged recovery or incomplete return to pre-injury baseline. That makes sense with all injuries, all injuries. And they finish up by saying rehabilitative exercises should isolate the soleus and the gastrocnemius by varying knee flexion. Remember, that's why I said the way the muscles work will dictate the type of exercises we do. And they say you can do some stretching, passive stretching of the injured muscle as well. All right. Let's finish this all up. Take it all, put it all together, put a bow around it. Prehab. Prehab, prehab, prehab. And there's two ways that with all the clients I've spoken about, what I have found success with is the prehabilitative exercises, super basic, super easy to do, just have to be consistent. And then I found the warm-up, super important. Especially when you are going from zero to 60. When you are, you know, the weekend warrior and you're sitting most uh, Monday through Friday and then you go play tennis or paddle tennis or pick up basketball or you're playing with your kids and you're moving quickly side to side up and down, you're surprised bad things happen. So we need to strengthen and we need to warm up. Those are the two things I'm going to give you that have worked wonders with these clients. Okay. I'm going to give you four basic exercises that you're going to do that these clients still do to this day and are finding enormous success with them. Let me also say though, along with other lower body exercises. Now don't think, oh my gosh, Tom, now you're asking me to do two hours. Absolutely not. I'm going to give you the four exercises for the calf specifically. It's going to take you a couple minutes. And if you added in more separate show, then it's still going to take you 10 to 20 minutes tops to totally bulletproof your body uh, in the way that will allow you to do whatever you want to do and decrease that likelihood of injury significantly. Calf raises, calf raises. When I do this show, I stand. So as I stand here and, and talk about calf raises, you're standing, you press up on your toes, or I'm sorry, press down on your toes, and you bring your heels up off the ground. That's a body weight calf raise, okay? You start that way, especially if you're you know, starting for the first time, you don't hold heavy weights. We'll talk about that. But you do body weight exercises, right? Two feet. And then here's the other one. You go single leg. Single leg, right? Now that's harder because I'm using one leg to do my entire body weight. Now, here's an interesting thing. Slow twitch muscle fibers. You can go higher repetition here. So you can still do 10 to 15 but you can go higher. You can do 20, 25 repetitions even. All right. Some clients went super high. I think that many of those repetitions were wasted. And if you want to go harder, I would rather then you do add an external weight. So you could hold dumbbells right at your sides and do calf raises, right? So not just your body weight now, you're holding 10, 15 pound dumbbells maybe, and you are doing 10 to 20 calf raises. And as I say this, I'm doing it. <laughs> if you can hear it, one to three sets. All right, single leg calf raises. Now you can hold two weights. You can hold one weight. You're just adding in and loading that calf a little bit more with added weight. You can also put a barbell on. So, so many different ways. You could put a weight vest on if you have that at home. So if you want to add additional weight, holding dumbbells, using a barbell, uh, hey, put your kid on your back. 
Just weigh them if you want to figure out exactly the weight you're using. But those are the two ways to start. Two-legged, you know, bilateral calf raises, and then single leg. Now, here's where it gets fun to me as an exercise physiologist. Some of you may have used this machine in the gym. If we want to target that soleus, because we still want to strengthen that one, we want our legs to be balanced and strong, there's a seated calf raise. And now you should know why that works, right? To some degree. So the seated calf raise, your legs are about 90 degrees of bend, and you do a calf raise while seated. So that is doing what? When you bend that knee, you inhibit the gastrocnemius to some degree, forcing your soleus to work more. Okay? When the gastrocnemius crosses the knee, and now you bend it, we're asking the soleus to do more. So how do you do that at home? I just put those dumbbells so you can sit in a chair and put dumbbells, a weight plate on your thighs and do the calf raises while seated. Okay. And that would be the third one. I would rather, if you're going to pick two out of the three, do the first two. Calf raises two legs, calf raises one leg. If you have more time, definitely add in. Shouldn't take long at all. The seated calf raise. And again, you're holding dumbbells. You can have a heavier dumbbell and you can actually position it on both thighs at the same time. You can have two lighter dumbbells and put one on each thigh. You can have a weight plate, 25-pound plate, 10-pound plate. Put that on your one or both of your thighs as well. Fun, awesome ways to do it at home. Okay, number four, though, one of the most important. In prior shows, I talk about plyometrics and my Nantucket camp every summer. For summer ever, didn't do it because of COVID. 22 years in a row, and we start with a warm-up. That's what I'm going to get to next. But one exercise that I talk about every year as being so essential to the demographic that primarily takes my camp, anywhere from 40s to mid-60s and beyond, plyometrics, training our bodies to jump. And one of the reasons, I believe, amongst many, the weaknesses as well, that advanced age, back to that study that said, let me read it exactly as it was written, chronological age being a huge risk factor, increasing age, because I believe we don't jump enough. As we get older, we lose those neural connections, the strength, and then we ask our bodies to do it really quickly on a Saturday or a Sunday. So by doing two different versions of plyometric jumps, I personally have clients back in the day, they would only jump, not all of them, but most, a box no higher than their knees. Two legs. And you start lower, obviously. And I don't want you to use a wooden box or a metal box because if you miss, it really hurts your shins. So they make soft ones. You can use a step, like an old school step for some of you older people that still have those. Use something soft. Any degree of jumping off the ground, so it can be two inches, three inches, four inches, five inches, six inches, jumping up and stepping back down, you'll see other people jump back down. That is a great way to actually injure your calf. And for our purposes, we don't need that. We don't need that stress, not for our goals. So one to three sets, 10 to 15 repetitions, jumping up onto something a couple inches off the ground, up to your knees, 
That's the highest point I would go for the vast majority of you. A couple inches up to your knees as being the highest. One to three sets, 10 to 15 repetitions. And then finally, that second um, exercise plyometrically, that's how you start. You're going to build up that strength, get back used to jumping, because it's going to feel weird for many of you. You haven't done it in a long time. Then you're going to do one leg again. I'm a big believer in unilateral exercises. They have been one of the top three reasons I'm injury-free as a runner and, and just athlete and person. So now I want that super low, two inches, three inches off the ground. That's super high <laughs> or high enough for most. And one leg at a time, swing, jump up, 10 to 15 repetitions with the right leg, 10 to 15 with the, the left, one to three sets. When I tell you that those four exercises, calf raises with both legs, single leg calf raises, the seated, and then the plyometrics, that is the recipe that has worked. Just telling you it's worked for me. Strengthening those calf muscles. Getting those fast twitch muscle fibers working again and firing again and getting your body ready. Now it knows. And I would say to those tennis clients over the years, this is where you do the work. It's not going to, you're not going to pull a muscle the way you did so many times in the past because you weren't doing any of this. And that's a big part of the advanced age, I believe. We're not using those muscles. We're not warming up. And our bodies aren't ready to do what we're going to ask it to do. So here's where we finish up. This is it. <laughs> the warm-up. So my Nantucket camp, it's on the sand. That is super hard. You burn, studies show, two and a half times roughly the calories running in sand because it's unstable. And it's super higher risk to pull a muscle. And so over the years, I have just refined and refined the warm-up. Basic, most runners do these exercises. I called them exercises. See that? Most runners do these warm-up, well, they are exercises, <laughs> as far as we're concerned here. Of course they are, because they're not stretching. They're warm-up exercises for, especially those runners who run fast. If you're running a marathon, not as important. And we'll finish up explaining why. But here you go. So before you play basketball, before you play tennis, before you do something that's asking you to move quickly, spend three to five minutes just warming up, a dynamic warm-up, and it's not stretching. It's not pushing off a, you know, uh, a wall. Yes, that stretches your calf muscles, but the studies show that's not the way to warm up, okay? So it's a dynamic warm-up. I'm going to give you, let me see, one, two, three, four, five, six. Six, one, you know, there are more, but here's six that will just work wonders. High knees. High knees. So you run 10 feet, 15 feet in front of you, high knees. Pull those knees up. Okay, you run back, you do butt kicks. So you kick those heels to your butt. You've seen this before. Runners before a race, right? You probably made fun of them. There's a reason for it. Skipping. Huge. You go, Tom, I'm not going to skip. First time I did the skipping drills with some major professional triathlete coaches, I skipped wrong. <laughs> I didn't know you could, but the wrong arm came up. Hey, you know what? They made fun of me. Didn't matter. I learned. Skipping. That is what? It's the plyometric, it's the jumping, but at a much lower intensity, you are prepping your body for the activity to come. Skips, skips with, you know, right leg and then left leg, you alternate 10, 15 feet, 10 yards if you, you have it marked out. Side shuffle, karaoke, I know karaoke, 
karaoke. Most people know it as karaoke. It's not the singing kind, karaoke. You're running sideways, bringing the right foot in front, the right foot behind, right, alternating. And then finally, skaters. And skaters are stationary. You jump to the right, you jump to the left. That is a phenomenal exercise, warm up where you're just staying in place, but you're doing what? You're raising your body temperature, you're getting the blood flowing, and you're doing it laterally. So again, for those sports and activities where you're asking your body to move side to side, front to back, up and down, three to five minutes, high knees, butt kicks, skipping, side shuffle, karaoke, skaters. And I know you're going, I'm not doing that, Tom. My tennis group, you know, my singles tennis, they're going to make fun of me. Guess what? You're going to play better. You're going to play longer because you're not going to get injured. And what do you care more about? I don't want to be injured. And there you have it, calf injuries. This was so much fun. We broke it down, did a little anatomy lesson, talked about fast twitch, slow twitch, the way the muscles connect, what joints they cross. Studies point to exactly what I've seen over the years. And this is such an example of, I'm not giving you a crazy workout. I just watched, there's, there's one, I, there's one, he's actually PhD level. And his workouts are so nuts. I've never seen these movements. They are so unique. And, I, and he sounds amazing. And I have to bring it up because it's just not what you need, in my opinion and experience makes that person sound really smart and it looks really cool. And he's got to train you that way. But I've never seen people do those movements and, you know, have major results. And, and here's the final takeaway. If you do any type of exercise and you don't hurt yourself, you're going to get better. <laughs> you know, really, over the years, you know, it is that simple. You know, you go to a trainer who doesn't hurt you, but you lift heavy things and you raise your heart rate. As long as you don't get hurt and you show up consistently, you're going to get better. You may not want to believe that, but you got to show up consistently. Now, some are much better than others at getting you better results. But if you pick up heavy things and you raise your heart rate, you're going to see improvements. Okay, so there you have it. Four exercises. Add weight when and if you need to. Do not go too heavy too soon. You don't have to. You are strengthening slowly. You are building that base of strength. So you want to build the strength in your calf muscles you want to do those plyometrics, and I cannot in, you know, reinforce how important those jumping movements are as we get older. Keep them simple, keep them low, and just do them consistently. How many times a week? Just jumped into my head. Two to three maximum is fine. Alternating days, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. But if you did it twice a week, going to pay dividends. Monday, Thursday, you know, Tuesday, Saturday. But Monday, Wednesday, Friday, the more you want to perform at a high level, then the more frequently you want to do it. But non-consecutive days. And by the way, I read a study or sorry, it wasn't even a study. Bodybuilding guy who said you should do your calves every day. Oh, yeah, I disagree. All right. Questions. Let me know. Tom H. Fit is my Instagram as well as Twitter. Tom H. Fit. 
please subscribe to the show. We just surpassed 1 million total downloads after just over a year. So thank you for that. Super uh, happy about that. Love this. So many people have reached out uh, with questions and comments. And I encourage you to, and I add them in to my listener mailbag shows. So Tom H. Fit, Twitter and Instagram, fitnessdisrupted.com. You can go right there. Email me through the site and learn a little bit more about me if you want. I'm going to pitch it one more time because it's how I pay the bills as well. Micro Workout Plan is the new book. And like I said, I talk about the clients like the opening chapter And this is what I did. Exactly what I give you on these shows is what I do myself and what I do with clients. And you can know that uh, without hesitation. All right. Thank you for listening. I am Tom Holland. This is Fitness Disrupted. Believe in yourself. Fitness Disrupted is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, Visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula, berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite. With just two capsules a day, Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat, and support your weight management journey. Right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com, the lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.